Merry Christmas Eve to you all. We appreciate you. And how many know if God didn't come and make a way in our lives, we wouldn't know what we were, where we would be or what we would do. And that's worthy of a praise. Amen. Amen. Why you love me so, Lord, I shall never know. Mood. And uh, right before I, I minister, let me just share something really quick for those of you who Christians who are often forced to defend your faith. And there's nothing wrong with it. The Bible calls it uh, uh, that we should have a defense for our faith. It's called apologetics. So you will hear people say that Christmas is a pagan holiday and it is not actually correct what people are saying. But there is some truth that that it uh, that Christ may not have been born on December 25th. But there it, there was a sun God that was worship. And what a lot of people think is that we just switched and Christians just switched and added Jesus birthday there and started worshiping this, uh, when the sun God worshiped, which is not true. So before I preach, let me just throw this out there for all of you who have family member that you have to uh, defend your faith for. There was a man several, several, several hundred years ago, actually more than uh, more than 100 years ago, thousands of years ago. And he was one of these calculators and him and several other Christians. They begin to calculate what they believe was the death date of Jesus. And they calculated down to what our calendar would be. March 25th, based on the Passover. So they believe he died in March 25th. So here's what happened back in those days. They believe special people were born and died on the same day. So since they knew his death date and had calculated his death date to March 25th, then someone said he had to die on March 25th. Then someone else said, well, based on the story and the shepherds, he couldn't have died on March 25th because of the starry night, and so it couldn't have been that. And so someone said, "Ah, I know what it is. He was so perfect that he didn't—he uh, wasn't born on that day. He was conceived on that day. So he was conceived on the same day he died. Which the calculations may not have been uh, totally accurate, but that's what they believed back then. So what they did—they counted off nine months from March 25th, and believing that he was perfect, they believed he only stayed in the womb nine months. And so when they came from March 25th. And counted off nine months, it landed on December 25th. And so that is why they begin to celebrate his birthday and believe it was his birthday. Now, later people in later years thought that maybe that is not totally correct. But they do believe that he was born anyway from September to December, anywhere from the fall to the winter months. So what we believe is no matter what day you celebrate him on, he was born someday. And so you might as well celebrate him. So you want to celebrate him on July 4th? I don't care. Just celebrate his birth. But don't let anybody tell you that you're serving something wrong when you're celebrating on the 25th. You grown. You can celebrate how you want to celebrate. Just celebrate your Savior. Amen? All right. That was a quick lesson. Now we're going to move on. Let's get right into the word of God. And so with your Bibles in your hands. Repeating after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. 
We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. Now come on and put your hands together one more time. All right, so we've been in this series, and this is going to be the close of the series. And so the series has been the series of Advent. Somebody say Advent. And that is a season of expectation. And so we will define that for you, and then we will catch you up with the entire series. And so they're going to bring the definition up there for me. The arrival of a notable person, thing, or event is number one. Or number two, the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding Sundays. And so we have been uh, going through these, and we're going to start with the first one that we did, and it was hope. And you will see that one candle is lit, and it's hope. And then we preached the message called, I hope. And then you go from there, and then you add another candle, so you have hope and peace. You have the, both the our candles are lit. And so from peace, we preached the message called, Powerful Peace. And then last week, we were joy. And so then we you light another candle. And then from joy, we preach the message called unspeakable joy. And then tonight, it is love. And so we have all four candles lit. And so now it's love. And today, we're going to preach the message called, and they'll bring it up, wrapped in love. Somebody say, wrapped in love. Say it with me one more time, wrapped in love. All right, beautiful. Let's, let's give us a definition of love. Many definitions we can pull from, but we'll, we'll use this from the dictionary. Just two definitions. An intense feeling of deep affection. And number two, a great interest and pleasure in something. So deep affection and a great interest in, and pleasure in something. Let's look at some love synonyms that will help us as we move forward. So love synonyms, as they're bringing them up, fondness, tenderness, warmth. Intimacy, attachment, devotion, adoration, charity, unselfishness, sympathy, kindliness, compassion. So when you say, I love you, there's a lot wrapped up in that word. Now, our English only has one word for it, but the Greek has actually several words for the word love. And the highest level of love comes from the Greek word agape, which most of these synonyms are pulled from. And when you look in the New Testament and you see the word love, it is talking about agape love, which is the highest level of love. It is the most selfless level of love. It is the greatest love of all. It reminds me of Whitney Houston, who sang about the greatest love of all. I'm here to let you know the greatest love of all is in our Father and in our Master. And that's going to bring me to a very important passage of scripture that we all know very well. And let me read it. And as they bring it up, it's John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a beautiful scripture. It is a scripture that is the foundation of our salvation but there would be no Christmas celebration no matter when you celebrate it without this verse. Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But what I want to do is I want to take the synonyms, and you don't have to bring them up. I will just do it in my own vernacular. But I want to paraphrase this verse 
using those synonyms. So let me say it again. For God so loved the world. For God was so fond of the world. God was so tender with the world. God has so much warmth with the world. God is so intimately connected with the world. God is so attached with the world. God has so much devotion with the world. God has so much adoration and charity with the world. So much unselfishness and sympathy, kindness and compassion for the world that he gave his son. So when we understand that God is love and that he shows his love in how he gives, he gave us his son because of his love. But not only that, the son had to be willing to come because knowing that he was going to have to die, but that is some kind of great, awesome love. And from that understanding, it lets me know that you and I were wrapped in love. Now, having said that, I want to read the next verse that comes from that verse, verse 17, so that we can paint this even uh, better for all you deep spiritual folk. It says this, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be rescued or saved. Or delivered, which is the Greek word sozo, which means healing, deliverance, preservation, safety, soundness, and prosperity. So God is so intimately connected and so affectionate that he sent his son, but his son didn't come to beat us up when he could have beat us up. His son didn't come to say, you stupid Adam and Eve, why'd you do what you did? He came to love. He came to give. He came to serve and bring us salvation and bring us a rescue and bring us deliverance. And because of that, I know that you and I have been wrapped in love. Having said that, that's the foundation. Let's go ahead and give us a definition of wrap. So, cover or enclose someone or something in soft material. What material? The material of his tenderness, his sympathy, his devotion, his compassion. His kindliness, all those things that we read, the synonyms to wrap something or someone in soft material. Well, I'm wrapped in his love. All right, moving right along, let's give us some wrap synonyms. So here are some synonyms for wrap. Envelop, encase, enclose, cover, package. Let me back up a little bit. I've been enveloped in love. I've been encased in love. I've been enclosed in love. I've been covered in love. Not just any kind of love, but God's love, his agape love, his supernatural, powerful love. I've been packaged in love, and I've been bundled up in love. Now, as cold as it is, we like to bundle up, but I've been bundled up in what? I've been bundled up in his love. And here is another word for rap, swaddle. That, that's an interesting word. It reminds me of a certain story. Now, what, what, what's interesting, some people defend their faith and some people play with their faith. Some people, they have no intent on actually celebrating who they call their savior on this day. All they care about is eating some turkey, some ham, and opening up some gifts. And I, I, I'm sorry if that's your mindset because 
over in Revelation, God talked about a church who left its first love. I don't want anything the world has to offer to take me out of this love, this tenderness, this sympathy, this compassion, this kindness. And guess what? Once you get done opening your gift, you still need to be rescued. Once you get out of the mall, you still need to be rescued. Once you're burping from your turkey and your ham, you still need to be rescued. So never put the cart in front of the horse. Always keep the main thing the main thing. And as long as I'm concerned, God is always and will always be the main thing. His son always is and will always be the main thing. Because if it wasn't for his love, one songwriter said, love lifted me. When all all else was lost. It was love that lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master and the captain of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. It was his love. Don't ever let me get so cute and so rich and so wealthy and so healthy that I forget about the God that puts breath in my body. All right. Let's move right along because that swaddling kind of reminds me of something that's quite important. And since we are here on December the 24th, which is known as Christmas Eve, let's go ahead and move right on into that story. Let's look at Luke 2 and 1. We're going to start off in the New Living Translation and we will stay in there and then we will switch to the you know, English Standard Version. So it says the birth of Jesus. Let's look at this. It says at the time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And so verse 3 jumping down it says all return to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. Let's look at verse 4. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. I'll stop right there. So Jesus, we know he was Jesus of, of Nazareth in Galilee. But the reason why his family was in Bethlehem, because there was a census and you had to go back to where you were from, where your lineage was from. And it says in this verse, the lineage was from King David. So Joseph was out of the line of David. And we know what the scripture says, the Messiah must come from the Davidic line. So it's interesting how he ends up in Bethlehem. And over, I believe it is in either Micah or Malachi, I believe it was Micah, it talks about how the Messiah must come from Bethlehem. So God was orchestrating and lining everything up so his word could come forth. And before I move on, I must say this, God will do all kinds of things to make sure his word lines up in your life. He'll, he'll make the government do stuff. He'll make stuff happen. You'll end up on the side of the road and bump into somebody. But it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. God is orchestrating your life. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. So Joseph, who almost did not stay with Mary, but because an angel came to him, he stayed with the woman because that was not his baby. He didn't need Moripovich to find out that ain't my baby. I haven't been with her. But the Holy Spirit had overshadowed a virgin girl. And she was with child. And, and Joseph stuck with her. 
and believed her. Now, now I got to move on because I don't want to keep you here all night, but I wonder how many folk laughed at Joseph when he told his family members, yes, my, uh, my uh, fiance is pregnant, but it's not my child. What is wrong with you? Well, it's the Holy Spirit's child. You crazy. What you been drinking? What you been smoking, Joseph? So we give a lot of credence to Virgin Mary, but sometimes we forget about Joseph. Joseph had to go through something. But a real man always sticks by his family. Oh, if I was here on Sunday morning, I would take a rabbit trail right there about what real men do. But for everybody who belongs to the living simple, maybe we'll talk about real men in 2023. But guess what? You got to understand that real men don't operate like fake men. And, and sometimes the reason why some of y'all women get in the wrong relationship, you don't know the difference between a real man and a fake man. All right, get off of that rabbit trail, Pastor Andre. Let's come on back to verse 5. Luke 2 and 5 says this, and they're going to bring it up for us. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Labor came, and so they may not have known when they traveled that she would have the baby there, but they, they didn't maybe didn't plan for her water to break there, didn't plan for the baby to come there, but it happened when it happened, how it happened, because God was behind the scenes. Somebody may wonder, why'd you end up this way? And how'd you end up here? And how'd you end up in Muncie? God did what he did because he's behind the scenes working this thing out. And all things going to work together for my good. All right, and so looking at verse 7, and we're going to switch to the English Standard Version here. It says this, and she gave birth to her. They're going to go ahead and bring it up. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Oh, that's that word. Wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now Luke speeds up and he doesn't explain a whole lot. The first thing we know, Joseph is traveling here to Bethlehem because of the sentence. And now the pregnant woman is having a baby, but a whole lot of stuff doesn't happen. There wasn't no room for them in the end. So, so Hampton Inn was all filled up and, and the Marriott was all filled up. Why was it all filled up? Because everybody was in town for this census. And so they didn't have a lot of room and so there was no room and they ended up out there with the animals. But they wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And so let's put up point number one. Somebody said point number one. He was wrapped in flesh so I could be wrapped in love. See, the swaddling cloth was actually real cloth. You know, they really put babies in these wraps. They swaddle babies to keep them warm because it reminds them of what the womb is. When they come from the womb out into regular air, their body is an adjustment, so they're wrapped to remind them of being in the womb. So he was wrapped in real swaddling clothes, and they still do that today. But the spiritual implication is that the God of the universe sent his son into the earth and when he came into the earth, he stripped himself of, of his divinity and he came down and he wrapped himself in humanity. So he was wrapped in flesh so I could be wrapped 
in his love. And I'm so glad that he stepped out of heaven and stepped into time. He left eternity and he came into this realm for you and for me because the devil had a stranglehold on the earth. But when Jesus showed up, when Jesus stepped in, Yes, he was just a baby, but when he stepped in, things begin to happen. And if you're like me, when God stepped into your heart and when he made his appearance in your life, your life began to change. He was wrapped in flesh so I could be wrapped in love. Let's bring up point number two. He was laid in a manger like he lays in my heart and wraps it with his love. Because the truth of the matter is, when God found me, I was not the St. Regis. I was not the Four Seasons. I was not the Ritz-Carlton. I was not even the Motel Two and a Half. When God found me, I was just like that manger. I had mess and manure all in my life. But he laid in my heart and he made his abode in my heart. And what I used to be, I am no more. What I used to do, I don't do anymore. Because the king of kings is laying in my manger. He's laying in my heart and he's rearranging my heart. And he's wrapping my heart with his love. If you would have found me before I got delivered, you wouldn't think I was so kind and so tender and so sweet and so nice. You would have got some of the manure and some of the junk. And if I would have met you before God laid in your heart. But I'm so glad I'm not what I used to be. But I'm going to be what I'm going to be. Because the great one laid in my heart and made his abode in my heart. Let's put up this graphic. This will help us right here. They can put up a graphic of a manger. Here's the thing. This is the king size bed. No, not the kind, the king size bed you get from the store. But the manger was the, was a bed fit for a king. It don't look like it's fit for a king. It looks like it's fit for the animals. But it was fit for a king because when God stepped out of eternity and stepped into this world, he didn't need all the pomp and circumstance because it doesn't make a difference. He loves you so much, he will go as low as you need him to go to lay inside of your life. And I'm so glad he laid inside of my life. That brings us to point number three. There was no room for him in the end. But I want to make space so I can be wrapped in his love. Now, we don't know how the, the end looked. We know much about it. But somehow, uh, and you got to understand what a mother is. A mother will make do and will make a way. She probably wasn't happy that she had to have the baby when she did. And the baby had to be put around the animals. And I don't know if she gave Joseph an earful or not. But if she was a woman from 2022, Joseph would have got an earful. But she find a way to make space. Because the scripture never tells us how agitated she was. The scripture doesn't tell us how mad she was. All the scripture says is he, she laid him in the manger. And so I don't know, but knowing a woman, she made sure the manger wasn't dirty. Even though it was junk and animals around, I guarantee she made sure them animals moved back. And she adjusted that manger because this is my baby. I'm laying there. 
Well, God, when you come in my life, let me make some space for you. Let me move some stuff around for you. Let me change some things for you. Because you're the king of kings and you're the Lord of lords. And if you want to lay in me, God, let me make room for you so you can wrap me with your love. Having said that, there's another thing that I was thinking about. I was thinking about literal wrapping, literal wrapping, wrapping paper. You actually need room to wrap. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I've never wrapped a big gift sitting on the toilet. Ain't enough room in there. I need some space to wrap. And then when you put the gift down, you actually have to have more wrapping paper then what you're actually going to need, you got to have some room. And God, what I've understood is the greater the gift, the more the wrapping. The bigger the gift, the more space that needs to be made. And maybe you're mad because folk have been leaving you and moving around you. But God is just making space because he's wrapping you with his love. He's doing some stuff in your life. 2023 is not going to be like 2022 was because God is wrapping you with his love. And I'm here saying, God, whatever you got to do, whatever you got to move, whatever you got to push out of the way, I want to be wrapped in your love. I want to look like I'm supposed to look. I want to act like I'm supposed to act. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. So God, wrap me. In your love, wrap me in your power, wrap me in your mercy, wrap me in your grace, wrap me, God. Now, having said that, I gotta move, gotta move on. But one thing about wrapping is wrapping also covers things. Wrapping makes things more suspenseful. When now, now, now don't laugh at me, y'all, but but like one, year one or two in my marriage. My birth, my wife's birthday came around. I bought her a lot of gifts, but I never was a good rapper. So I put them all in a trash bag. Set them beside the bed and let her just pull them out. She was gracious to me, but that wasn't the greatest presentation. Now the gifts were nice, but it wasn't great. But the older I get, I understand how rapping adds suspense. And I know some of you are wondering what God is doing in your life because it doesn't look like it makes sense, but he's just adding some drama to what he's about to do. You're going to show up one day and be so blessed and not understand how God did it. But he hid it from you. He wrapped it. Because one thing about it, he knows you got an enemy. And if the enemy knows what you have, the enemy will try to take it. So he's covering it. He's hiding it. But baby, one day it's going to be open. And folk going to see what God is doing in your life. Moving right along, Luke 2 and 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Luke 10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the black folk, all the white folk, all the skinny folk. All the healthy folk. No, it says for all the people. So here's something I want you to know. Point number four. This will help you. 
Point number four says what? They're going to put it up there for me. This is one size fits all wrapping. His love is so great. It covers the rich folk and the poor folk and the Mexican folk and the Asian folk and the black folk and the white folk and the Republican folk and the Democrat folk and the folk in jail and the folk in the government. His love is so great. It covers all. It's for all the people. So let me ask you this. If you wrapped in his love, why are you mad at somebody else? You may, maybe you're not wrapped in his love if you can't like white people and you're black and you can't like black people and you're white. Maybe you're not wrapped in his love, but when you get wrapped in his love, you're happy for everything because this is one size fits all wrapping. All right. Verse 11, Luke 2 11 says this. This is a powerful thing that, that the angel spoke out and said, for unto you, is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and this is what they said on verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, Goodwill toward men. So I don't care what you do and what you open up tomorrow morning. There's never been a Christmas like this day. There's never been a day like this where the angel said, this is the day. This was the day that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This was the day that the Savior showed up. And when when Genesis was told that there would be a seed, that you, it would nab your heel, but you would crush his head, that was when the seed showed up. So all of heaven was standing up celebrating and rejoicing because the Savior has come. Jesus Christ the righteous, not just the baby. They, they, they weren't just happy about the baby because as long as he stayed a baby, it means nothing. They were happy that inside the baby was the Christ. And the Bible in the New Testament, Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so let's put this up for our Advent candles. And this is how we see it now. That fifth candle is the candle that represents, represents Christ. And I must say to you, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is his title. And it means the anointed one and his anointing. So it means he is the one, but he's got extra for everybody else that wants to be on his team. So he got enough anointing for me and enough anointing for you. He got enough anointing for the crack addict and the prostitute. And he got enough anointing for the bishop. Whoever wants to come and receive Christ is here. Oh yes, it was a holy night. All right, that leads me to point number five. Point number five, this wrapping can't be thrown away. So in this Advent series, we always ended it with Psalms. And so we're going to go to Psalms, but we already did a full chapter in Psalms. But today we're only going to do one verse. And it's going to connect with that point. This wrapping can't be thrown away. So we're going to go to Psalms 136. Only one verse, but before we read the verse, I, I do want to uh, say this, is that in my house, when my kids have been unwrapping things, I always want to grab the trash bags because I'm a little bit OCD. And seeing a whole bunch of paper all around just kind of 
irritates me. I want to start throwing stuff away. Now, if it's my stuff, I'm not OCD about my stuff. I'm messy about my stuff. But if your stuff is invading my space, I want stuff thrown away. So I get the trash bag and I start throwing the paper away. But this is a wrapping that can't be thrown away. You can't throw away this wrapping. Even though this wrapping is seals us, but it's made to be uncovered, to uncover us, it still seals us again. This is a perpetual wrapping. And so the scripture that we're going to bring up shows us this, Psalms 136 and 1. And the only, only reason why I need to read the first verse, because it says it 26 times. Throughout this chapter, 26 times it uses this phrase, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. This is not the phrase that is repeated over and over. Here's the phrase that is repeated over and over. His faithful love endures forever. King James says his mercy endures forever. I believe the English standard says his steadfast love endures forever. So this wrapping of love, it is a supernatural wrapping. It is an eternal wrapping. It is a perpetual wrapping because his love endures forever. If I had to wrap you in my love, it would run out. If you wrap me in your love, it would run out. But this is eternal love. This is supernatural love. This is powerful love. And you can't throw it away. And that's why Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Shall peril, shall nakedness, shall sword. And let me go ahead and, and bring it to this day and age. Shall a recession do it? Shall a pandemic do it? Shall addiction do it? Shall depression do it? Shall divorce do it? Shall anxiety do it? Shall a surgery do it? No, nothing can separate me from this perpetual love. I'm wrapped in his love and guess what I'm the gift because when God laid inside of me he made me something special and he wrapped me with his love and I'm so glad that he loved me and I'm so glad that he loved you and I'm so glad that he loved us and guess what that makes every day Christmas in our life so having said that this is how we're closing let's put those synonyms up one more time this is eternal fondness, eternal tenderness, eternal warmth, eternal intimacy, eternal attachment, eternal devotion, eternal adoration, eternal charity, in eternal unselfishness, sympathy, kindness, and eternal compassion. So having said that, let's bring the title one up one final time. Wrapped in love. Somebody say Wrapped in love. Let's rise to our feet. You can go ahead and bring the house lights on. We're going to bow our heads and pray. We're getting you out of here quite early. Even the ones of y'all who came late, still getting you out early. But we're going to add one final thing. I, I got a special uh musical instrument that's going to be played for us as we leave and then you're going to be able to grab those things but we're going to pray and uh, for all of you online I hope you have a merry wonderful Christmas just remember you are wrapped in not any kind of love the love of the master but we're going to bow our heads for anybody here as well as at home online who doesn't know Jesus as the Lord of their life because this message means nothing unless they allow him in their manger so let's bow our heads Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we've all have been that manger, but some of us still are. So, God, we ask 
you to come into our heart and lay in our heart like you laid in that manger. But God, just like you laid in the manger, you grew and became a man and you went to the cross and you died for our sins and you went into hell and you snatched the keys of death and hell. But God, we don't get any of those benefits unless we have you in our heart. So I'm praying for everybody under the sound of my voice that they will receive this gift and be wrapped in your love. And anybody who doesn't know the Lord, let them make up in their mind, this is the moment, this is the day that their manger will change forever. And they too will be able to declare they are wrapped in love. Amen. All right, I'm going to bring uh, my, my daughter up. She's going to bless us with a song. And we're going to close out. You're more than welcome to sit or remain standing. I'm going to hold the microphone for her. Let's, let's go to the side so they can, so the online audience can see you. All right. Yeah, I'll hold that for you. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you. We love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.